Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A. On Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. All right. Uh, today is the 59th birthday of Bono from U2, 1254 uh, in Edmonton, and we're going to have a little bit of fun here. Doug has texted the show, Bob, can you play the most underrated U2 song of all time? I will follow. The good news for Elliot Friedman is he's not following Wayne Gretzky on today's show. But, Elliot, the bad news is I'm going to put you on the spot here. How you doing, by the way? Elliot, you there? Hello, Elliot? Did we? Oh, hold on a second. You... There, now we got Elliot. Elliot, how you doing? Good, Bob. How are you? Good. I'm going to put you a little bit on the spot. You cool with that? Yeah. It's a little bit of an obscure question. Okay? Okay. Which NHL player has that as a goal song when he's at home? Ooh. It's really quite clever. Uh, I, you got me. Alex, I follow. Very good. That That is uh, kudos to the uh, L.A. Kings uh, uh, game ops team. The first time I, like, you know, and unfortunately I, I've seen Alex score a few too many goals against the Oilers over the last couple of years, but he's only got 24 of them, but I think he's got two or three against Edmonton. But when they play... That's a good one. When, when they, like, you know what, there's some songs out there and everybody likes to have, you know, because we're a little bit different than we used to be, right? Like, you're allowed to hot dog and show a little bit of emotion now that maybe you weren't in the past, but that to me is one of the better ones. I agree. That, that's very good. I'm very impressed. Do you have a favorite U2 song of all time? Um... I like the the whole uh, like I like Wide Awake and the whole um, thing that goes with that. Okay. I've always liked that one. I heard during the Stanley Cup in uh, Pittsburgh a few years ago, uh, there was a YouTube outdoor YouTube concert at Heinz Field. We went there, yeah, and their 
the way they did that that night, that one is the one I like the most. Yeah, that's uh, bad, and that's uh, the one. That, yes, bad and wide awake. Yes, and and that's of course what they played uh, back in 1985, as you know. Uh, at, at a pretty significant uh, international event called Live Aid. Uh, Elliot Friedman joining us from NHL Hockey and Rogers and Sports. And for our friends at the River Cree Resort and Casino who have the cult on June the 7th. I'm going to hit that one. That's going to be a good one. Really? The cult? Hey, that's pretty good. That is pretty good. Uh, I like the cult. All right. Uh, we had some fun last week when you are on. Well, it's done. Ken Holland, the president of hockey operations and GM, of the Edmonton Oilers. He's coming up at 105 today. Uh, we had a brief... Is he still in San Diego? He is still in San Diego. We uh, we had a brief hit with him just the day of the announcement, but he was doing the, uh, you know, he was doing the, the media gauntlet, so we're getting a little bit more time with him today. Um, now that it's happened, uh, give me your perception of how it's being seen in the hockey world. Well, like I said, it... it, it you know, you guys uh, made him an aggressive offer. You really wanted him. And uh, I don't think it, you know, I, I think the biggest question was, you know, was he going to say yes? And once it became clear last weekend he was going to say yes, I don't think anyone was surprised. I thought he did a great job at the media conference. I don't think he ran away from any questions, uh, the, including ones that were a little more hard-edged. I thought he was, you know, he's 63 years old. He's been a GM for more than 20 years. He's seen just about everything. I thought he was very polished. And, you know, we we won't really get to see the effect of this for a little bit. I'm really curious about the coaching situation. But, like, you know, I saw a guy there who, even though it was, as he has said, Steve's time in Detroit is not finished. He's not, he's not, you know, he's not done. He wants to be a GM. He wants to be in the seat. You know, one thing he referred to in his press conference, Bob, that I had heard was that while he was at the under-18s in Sweden, the, like, you know, the energy started getting him again. The juices were flowing. You he, the he, juice. he was sitting yep. there saying, I'm not, I'm not ready to retire. I think, in, you know, I think he would have probably been the number one contender in Seattle, but... I, I believe he felt that, you know, waiting two years before the team got the ice on the ice was not ideal. And I heard he, one of the conversations he had was with Lou Lamorello, who's in his seventies. You know, Lamorello said, you know, uh, it still feels the same. I still feel competitive, and I think that resonated with Holland, and that's why he was ready to come. Well, Brian Burke uh, was on yesterday's show, and he said, "You know what, Bob? You can work in hockey until your 80s. Uh, in, well, you know, well into your 80s." And so, given that Burke is going to be the long-term heir apparent to uh, Don Cherry, I, I guess we know how, what, what his plans are moving forward. Uh, oh ha- God, God help us all. Here, there you go. You mentioned coaching. Um, yep. Now there is job openings in Buffalo, yep. Ottawa, and Anaheim. Most of mm-hmm. us believe that. Dallas Akins is going to be the next head coach in Anaheim. Is that until other until proven otherwise? Right. Uh, I, I think we're all assuming it's going to be Dallas Akins. All right. Uh, Berkey said he believed that Edmonton would uh, be the preferential choice for any coaching candidate because of McDavid and Drysaddle, because of um, you know the strength of the fan base, because of the new building, uh, and because of Ken Holland over say Buffalo and Ottawa. Now that being said. Uh, what is going on with Buffalo? Where is Jason Botterill literally as we speak? And are they potentially closing in on a candidate? And is that potential candidate a guy that might be in the mix in Edmonton? 
You, you know, Jason Botterill has done a very good job of trying to keep this quiet. Um, uh, the, you know, the news got out. John Shannon reported today that, you know, Todd Richards is, is no longer a candidate there. Um, I'm not convinced that uh, Jacques Martin is their first either. Um, so unless, and, and I do believe that they want, I prefer a candidate with NHL experience. So I'm, you know, I, I did think that after Sheldon Keith's Marley's knocked out Rochester, the American Hockey League affiliate of Buffalo, that I thought he would be in their mix. Now I'm not as convinced. Botterill is in uh, Slovakia for the Worlds, but he's expected to come home uh, next week for scouting meetings for the Sabres. Um, so I, I think he's going to be back. Um, look, I know Dave Tippett interviewed in Buffalo. I heard that interview went well. I think he's very high on that list. I know that Dave Tippett is also very high on the Edmonton list. And, you know, I believe last weekend when Holland took over, I had several people who told me, watch out for Tippett because he's the number one contender. Right. So, you know, that's where we are. I think Dave Tippett may have to make a choice. Um, and I think, you know, I think you named a lot of reasons that uh, Edmonton would be a, a good place for him. Um, you know, I'd be curious to know, you know, Buffalo is a team with resources too. Yes. And I'd be very curious to know if it came down to it, that kind of decision, who would pay more? I think Buffalo um, would. I think they probably would too. Um, I can't say that 100%, but I think it would be them. But, you know, I, I, I think that, you know, Tippett might have to make a choice. You know, I, I have to believe that there are people who have interviewed in Buffalo that we haven't figured out yet. Um, and I don't know how far along at all Ken Holland is. Like, I've heard some other names. If it's not Tippett, I've heard Todd Nelson. Yeah. I've heard maybe DJ Smith. Um, but I have not. And in Buffalo, I suspect there's other guys there. Like, I'll tell you this. One guy, and I'm not, I don't know this to be the case, but I'm kind of wondering about, uh, I've wondered if maybe Ralph Kruger is on Buffalo's radar. Wow. I did, as you know, I, I sent a tweet out from Ralph after uh, it was announced that he was leaving Southampton. I do not envision that a return to Edmonton, given how his exit went, is in the card. What, no, I would tend to agree with that. What a what you know what he's today's you know what he's today's manager. He's today's coach. Like I know you watch a little bit of European football, and the teams that are winning right now in sport, it, a lot of it has to, the technical nuances. Given how good video work is today, Elliot, mm -hmm. have been minimized. So if you mm -hmm. had a coach that was technically superior to some old dinosaur in terms of his approach, but maybe wasn't the best communicator, you could you could you know you could get the upper hand. But now it's you know that belief and how the player gets treated by the coach is what sustains teams when they're on the ropes. And the team, and I I honestly believe that I, I really do. And so, I think that has a lot to do with it. You do you do need someone who is technically sound, but uh, I do believe, Bob, as much as anything else, you have to find a way to have your players uh, play for you. And I think we've seen guys, if you look at you know the guys who are in uh, 
the Stanley Cup of oh. semifinals this year. I mean, especially a guy like Barube, like he's a he's probably a bit more of a throwback than most guys are. Yeah. But I think his players respect him for that. You play hard, you're going to play. You don't play hard, you're not going to play. Well, when Matt, when Patrick Baroon scores a game-winning goal in overtime and skates over and hugs his coach, yeah, given that he's been a healthy scratch by the same coach. Uh, it tells you about you know how far they're you know obviously Baruby's a guy that you can play, you know and Baruby's a guy that had to go back down. Uh, Bruce Casty you know got a cup of coffee in the NHL as a head coach had to go back down. Yeah, it's, it's interesting, Elliot, with Todd Nelson because it is not close for our fan base. There's a guy um, out there named Tyler Hupka. He's done like two or three coaching uh, polls. Mm-hmm. And Todd Nelson dominates. Like the first one he did had Babcock uh, before the Leafs announced he was returning. Babcock, Hitchcock, uh, Nelson, and Tippett. And Nelson had mm-hmm. 50% of the vote. Well, then, mm-hmm. you know, once we found out that Hitch wasn't coming back and Babcock was staying in TO, uh, and we weren't sure where Tippett was at, you know, the same guy did a poll with a bunch of guys that were similar to, to like Nelson. And Nelson had like 75% of the poll. He's done mm-hmm. another. He's done another poll today, just Nelson and Tippett, and again Nelson's like at eighty-five. Like it's pretty, and I can tell you from our fans' perspective, there seems to be a lot of time for Todd Nelson. Yeah, I mean that's. I don't necessarily think that's bad at all, and I, I think that there's reason to believe that um, that he that he would be on Holland's radar. Like I said, I can only I can only tell you what I hear, and uh, I had heard last weekend that Tippett was was yes. probably the, the top front contender. Runner. Sure, sure. And we'll see where that goes. Like you know, like I said, there's it sounds like he's high on the radar in Edmonton. It sounds like he's high on the radar in Buffalo. I mean, we'll see where this goes. Well, the one thing that's got to be said, Elliot, what's the one thing that Tippett can, has shown that he can do as a coach? He can get his teams to defend. And the, yep. and the Oilers have to defend better. They give up. Mm-hmm. Last two years, they've given up too many goals. What is any? Do we have any ideas to what's going on in Ottawa? I I think that uh, I'd heard that Pierre Dorian took a bit of like downtime to recharge, okay. and which is fine. Like I think everybody needs to do that once in a while. And uh, I think he's interviewed Smith. He's interviewed Martin. Uh, he's interviewed Mark Crawford, the incumbent. He, I believe they've interviewed their American Hockey League coach, Troy Mann. Uh, I heard they were going to interview Brad Sean Columbus. I don't have that confirmed, but I'd heard it. And, um, you know, I would say, you know, if I, if I had any leaning, I would probably lean towards Martin, but I can't say that 100%. Yeah. And uh, he was also interviewed in Buffalo, was he not, Martin? Yes, but I don't think he's going to be. I don't think. Uh, I don't think. I, somebody, something just tells me he's not the guy. But I can't. Again, I can't say that. I could be wrong, but I. I don't think it's going to be him. Yeah. Um, well, Tippett. There. Now, was there. Tippett was Tippett part of? Uh, I heard some reports that uh, Bill Zito with Columbus uh, was in Seattle and actually. That is true. They confirm that. Yes, and that Tippett's part of that interview process. Well, don't forget he was interviewing people to be the 
the G, uh, to, to right. become the GM there. So, and as a matter of fact, I, I believe that Tippett and Holland had yes. talked about that some time ago. Yes, 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 yes. So Elliot. it is definitely a, a different, unusual situation. All right, Elliot Friedman joining us from NHL Hockey and Rogers for the River Cree Resort and Casino. Elliot, the Columbus Blue Jackets eliminated for the playoffs. Uh, they've got several un- unrestricted free agents. Um, Bobrovsky and Panarin. Do they stay or do they go? Well, did you see Bobrovsky put up his condo? No, I did not see that. Yeah, I listed it for $2.95 million. I heard you were buying. Uh, rumors of my salary are greatly exaggerated. That's just well. You should con- you should continue to feed those rumors, Bob. It's always good. Is it? Um, yeah, it is good. I'm the, uh, I'm the only guy that goes into meetings every couple of years and ends up negotiating himself down. Well, you need a better agent, but I might know one know, or two <laughs> or fifteen. You know, yeah, I know. I'm sure you do. Um, so Bobrovsky put his condo on the market. You know, and which means unless he's buying a house there, it's it's not a good sign. I think we expect that the Vorovsky and Panarin will be gone. And uh, I don't think that's news to the Blue Jackets. Now, Ryan Dezingle played at OSU. Do you think he, yeah. despite the fact that he was a healthy scratch for a game, do you expect him to resign in Columbus? I, I don't know. Like, you know, I'll tell you this. I thought it was really interesting that Ottawa traded him. You know, Ryan Dezingle's a 25-goal guy. He's shown that. There seems to be a doubt, though, as to whether or not I know, for lack of a better term, he's a true 25-goal guy. Okay. Um, you know, Ottawa could have signed him. They didn't. Like, it, obviously, it wasn't like Stone. It wasn't like Duchesne. It wasn't going to cost them the same amount. But Ottawa chose to trade him rather than keep him. And, you know, they scratched him. I, I think there's I, – I think that Columbus, like Ottawa, feels that they just aren't sure that – he's worth what a 25-goal score is worth on the market here. So I think there's a little bit of wariness there. I'm not saying it won't happen. I'm just saying that I get the sense that there's a bit of reticence with him in particular. Um, and Duchesne. You know, Duchesne, I always believe, when it comes to Matt Duchesne, the thing I always believe is if he could, and he could choose it his way, I think he would play in Nashville. Now, they can't make that easy um, right now because, you know, they have to sign Yossi in a year, and I think we all know this is going to be big numbers. You know, they're a year away from having some cap issues they're going to have to address as part of the Yossi extension. I'm just not sure they're going to be able to do it. They'd have to move things around. Doesn't well, mean they can't. Turris? It just means we don't know. Turris and maybe somebody else. Subban? I don't know. What about Subban? Well, I mean, his name's been out there. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, like, it's... I Look, I think it's possible. I don't know if it's... I haven't heard any specific rumors, but I think it's possible. Tur- the thing about Subban is... Like, he's still, he's really good. Turris had, I found it very interesting that Turris got named the captain for Team Canada at the World Championship. Yeah. Um, it sounds like they're going to give him a lot of responsibility. That could be really good for him. He had a really rough year. The, the thing about Subban is I think you can trade him because if you want to and have, and, and have a lot of interest because he's still a really good player. Turris, who I think has been a really good player, just wasn't this year, and he's got five years left. 
I think that may, one trade's going to be, in terms of the interest, one trade's a lot easier than the other. Uh, Milan Lucic. Yep. How do you see that playing itself out? Well, I just, um, I, I don't know if I said this with you last week. I can't remember, uh, Bob, but, you know, when you guys were trying to trade him last year, I, I just heard the ask was really high. Yeah. Like, I heard it was really, really high. And the teams that, and I think there were some teams who were willing to consider it, depending on what it all meant. Yeah. But, you know, they 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 just didn't, they weren't willing to do the ask. Now he's had another tough year. I know he had a bit of a, a jolt when Hitchcock came in, but he's had a really tough year. Yeah. Um, I... I wonder, like, I I think that Holland may do something to shake you guys up, whether it's a buyout. Like, the, the thing I really believe that Ken Holland said, I heard there were, like we talked about, I heard there were a number of candidates who said to Bob Nicholson, this is not a fast rebuild. Yep. And they warned against trying to do it all in a year. They said it would only lead to more problems than what you currently And what have. did Holland say? But And I think he did, too. I think he said, look, we want to compete for the playoffs, but this is going to take time. Yeah. But I wonder, like, one of the things that's kind of come out in the, in the past couple of days is the question of will they send a jolt through the lineup by buying out someone. Now, I know that in Lucci's case, it doesn't mean a lot financially, but does it? send a message i don't know the answer i think like but like i said somebody told me this week they they said you might consider it to just jolt the group so you go up and down the list and you say okay what makes sense and you know i know his financially doesn't make sense but it certainly jolts your group yeah some might say sacra might make sense yeah you know i he might but you know nick brought him up this week when we were talking but, like, at least Sekra has, has played pretty well for you. Now, if you don't think that he can compete at the level because his leg is just too badly hurt, that's something else yeah. entirely. But, you know, Bob, at least when he's played, he's he's been yeah. pretty decent and pretty competitive. Yeah, unfortunately for Milan, the production the last year and a half has basically been on a, you know, it's, there's no debate. It's been a bottom six slash replacement level player, and that's cons- Yes, yes. All right, uh, Elliot, just for you. Brendan, have you got it queued up over there? You're ready to go? Uh, Elliot, thank you once again for joining us uh, weekly here on Oilers Now, brought to you by our friends um, at the River Cree Resort Casino. Contrary, my pleasure, Bob. Contrary to the name of this song, you, my friend, are good. But this, <laughs> this is bad as we go to break. Thanks very much. Yeah. Have a great weekend. Yeah. I love that song. 12.55 at Edmonton. Up next, the Global News Weather Traffic Update with Eileen Bell at 1.05. The President of Hockey Operations and General Manager of the Edmonton Oilers, Ken Holland. This is Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Chad.